Jesus Christ is the Lord of glory. He is the only begotten Son of God. Jesus Christ, by the word of God, created the universe. Colossians chapter 1, 16 and 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Jesus Christ is the answer to every question and the solution to every problem. Jesus Christ is the Redeemer, the Savior of all who believe upon his name, repent of their sins, and surrender their lives unto him. Have you found this great Christ? Have you been born again, born a second time? Today is the day of salvation. Choose Jesus. Choose answers and solutions. Choose purpose and eternal life. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Romans chapter 8, 14 through 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Man said, if there is a God, he does not interact in the lives of men. Now the record. The man shouted, God, God, did you talk to God? I was out in the business community selling advertising space when I was speaking to a burly businessman and mentioned something as ubiquitous as God willing, which triggered his rage. I answered that coincidentally I was having a conversation with God traveling down the road just before I stopped at his business. People are shocked at the idea of speaking to God and actually hearing his response. Imagine. The Bible-believing church is one of the few places you can go and say, God spoke to me, and instead of raised eyebrows, the believers would say, what did he say? God literally communicates with his children, which is attested to by millions. He communicates through the Holy Ghost and his word, through angels, through circumstances, and yes, through the still small voice, but always in compliance with his sure foundation, the Holy Bible. This is God Said, Man Said, feature article 514 that proves the full veracity of the Word of God, miracles, and God literally listening to and responding to men and all. These features are all archived in text and streaming audio for your edification and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Welcome to God Said, Man Said. We are glad you are here. Does God interact in the affairs of men, and is there a proof larger than academic search? The answers are yes, and definitely yes. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Had God said, man said, we diligently pursue this commandment, but be it known to all that there is a proof that far exceeds the results of academic search. That proof is when the Spirit of God bears witness with the child of faith that they are, in fact, members of the family of God. This personal proof far exceeds all others. Each believer has daily interaction with the Spirit of God, but there will be high points of remembrance. 
I'm embarrassed to say that a myriad of godly interactions go undetected by distracted believers or forgotten, and of this number, I am not an exception. Over the years, I personally have made a concentrated effort to document the high points for the purpose of remembrance and the strengthening of my faith and to stop and consider and give glory to God. However, many more have gone forgotten than remembered. God's personal proofs surely outshine all other. Five of the first great miracles in my life follow. Personal proofs that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Number one, in the year 1970, I was traveling down the road with my girlfriend who would become my wife. At that time, I was in a state of deep sin and susceptible to various bondages of the carnal life. As we passed a bend in the road, I sensed that God was speaking to me. All he said was, you are going to die. Prior to this encounter with God, I had found myself in several dangerous and life-threatening situations without fear, but this was different. Fear gripped my heart, but I managed to shake it off. Keep in mind that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Number two. In the fall of 1970, on three different occasions, my father, a godly man and minister of the gospel, asked me and my wife to attend church services in a full gospel church. I dreaded the thought, but went due to a sense of obligation. During the third meeting, I inwardly vowed to never return again. At the end of the service, an altar call was being given where the unsaved were invited to come forth and publicly give their hearts to Christ. As a man full of sin and vanity, this was not an option. I took my wife's hand and headed for the exit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 speaks of the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost, and one of them, the word of knowledge, was functioning in that little church that night. As I placed my hand upon the swinging doors to leave the church, a word of knowledge came forth from the pulpit, and God said, You think you're hard, you think you're very hard, but the shell of a turtle can be cracked. At that moment, God spoke to my heart as he did on the highway several months earlier and said, Leave this church, and you are a dead man. It seemed as though my head began to spin. Fear of God gripped my heart. Satan's chains of sin and pride were beginning to break. With my wife's hand in mine, we turned back into the church and headed for the altar. My tears began to fall so hard I could no longer see where I was going. My wife and I fell upon our knees, short of the altar, and surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ. That phenomenal event took place November 8, 1970. God interacted in the lives of men. Number three. Five days later, November 13, 1970, another mighty miracle occurred in our lives. We were filled with the Holy Ghost at a full gospel businessmen's meeting in Youngstown, Ohio. Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, the following, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. It happened to us just like it did on the day of Pentecost. We spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. This was a colossal milestone, which has resulted in the miraculous intervention of God in our personal lives on a very daily basis. If you have yet to receive this marvelous gift, click on to the following Holy Ghost series listed below. Number four, I was a newborn babe in Christ, and I was learning to hear the voice of God. I'm often asked 
when God speaks to you in his voice, is his voice audible? And I respond, much greater than that. It's spirit to spirit. God speaks to the great prophet Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 10 through 13. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? That Saturday evening, my experience of hearing the still small voice continued. And the voice said, Go to Springer's, a local coffee shop pharmacy, and drink a cup of coffee. How bizarre. I shook off the voice thinking it must be Satan trying to distract but the still small voice persisted. After the meeting, I spoke to my father about the situation, and he answered from the scriptures that I should try the spirits. First John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. My father's advice was to go to Springer's as instructed, and if God is in it, something confirming will happen very quickly. I went to Springer's to drink a cup of coffee. The approximate 20 seats at the coffee counter were full, with the exception of two side by side. I sat down and looked to the right, and as I looked to the left, an old a school chum of mine, who I had not seen for several years, sat down beside me. In our conversation, I told him of my salvation. He recently married a young lady whose father was a minister, but she had fallen away from the Lord. In the area, I was somewhat of an anomaly a man once of evil reputation, now standing up for Jesus Christ. For many weeks I returned to Springer's, and many souls were won to Christ. It was part of the beginning of a colossal revival that swept the entire nation. I was learning to hear the still small voice. Number five. Several months later, while sitting in a college accounting class, I heard the still small voice once again. God said to go to Springer's and drink a cup of coffee. The first episode had ended several weeks earlier. As in the first Springer's incident, I wondered, was this the voice of God? Satan, the adversary, suggested it was simply my desire for spiritual gratification. I asked God to confirm that he in fact was speaking. I asked for two signs. The class was being taught by a somewhat long-winded instructor. The, the two signs that I asked God for later proved to be central to the miracle that would follow. First, I asked that the instructor cut the class short, and secondly, that it would be 3 o'clock, which would be about 20 minutes short. At this particular time in my life, I did not own a wristwatch. Almost as soon as I asked for the two signs, the instructor absolutely unexpectedly ended the class. My anticipation was running high. There was one lone wall clock in the building, and as I passed by, not only was it 3 o'clock, but the large second hand split the twelve as my shoulder passed before the clock. There was no doubt 
God was speaking. As I got to Springer's, the coffee counter was empty with the exception of one fellow who I had won to Christ, who in just a few short months had become a biblical scholar philosopher. I thought to myself, Lord, this can't be the reason. I sat down, and before I ordered, just seconds after my arrival, I looked out the plate glass store window as a gray Volkswagen pulled up and a passenger jumped out. The young man who got out of the car was a very good friend of mine when we traveled together in sin. God assured me that he was the reason I was sent. Instead of coming into Springer's, my friend walked into an Isley's that was directly next door, and I got up and followed him in. This friend of mine was awaiting trial. He had been arrested in one of the largest drug busts our area had ever seen. He was one of the suppliers. The situation for him was very bleak. I began to witness to him, and after several days, he gave his heart to Jesus Christ. He was well known for his evil ways, and his salvation was a mighty shock to the drugged community. A few days later, he and I and a group of believers went on to the streets of our town carrying the message of redemption. God moved mightily, and the revival kicked into high gear, yielding truly global results. God interacted in the lives of men, even in time and place specific. God does interact in the affairs of men, and his personal proof surpasses all. Stop, look, and listen. God said, Romans eight fourteen fifteen and 16, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again 